Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Sachs. Motherhood Sessions will be back with a brand new episode next week. But if you need something to tide you over until then, there's another show that I think you'll really like. It's called Love Letters, and it's one of my favorite podcasts. Love Letters is hosted by Meredith Goldstein, advice columnist for the Boston Globe. On every episode of the show, Meredith asks a complicated question about relationships and shares real stories from people grappling with the same question. In the episode you're about to hear, Meredith tells the story of a single mom trying to figure out how to introduce her young daughter to a new person she's dating. If you like this episode, you can hear every episode of Love Letters on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. One of my close friends, Lauren, is a single mom, and she's taught me a lot about the paradox of Wednesdays. Wednesdays are an interesting thing because it is very common, I think, for divorced parents to split custody with one parent getting the Wednesday and every other weekend. And Why Wednesday? I don't know who is it because it's that? like midweek, so it's like you don't go too long without seeing your parent. I think that's probably part of it, and I should say, a lot of people do it this way. Meaning, when Lauren doesn't have her kid on a Wednesday and it's actually free, a lot of single dads can't go out because many of those dads do have their kids on a Wednesday. That's the night I have to socialize, to see my friends, to go out on dates, and that is the night that a lot of men are not available because they're with their kids. I guess the primary custody people can date the primary custody people. Right, so that needs to be a category on Bumble. Hey, free startup idea. A dating app for people who can only date on Wednesdays. From the Boston Globe and PRX, this is Love Letters. I'm Meredith Goldstein. Today, we're going to try to answer a how-do-you-know question that's especially close to my heart. It's a question that so many single parents, including my friend Lauren, ask themselves all the time. How do you know when to introduce your child to a romantic partner? If you do it too soon, it can be confusing and upsetting for the kid. If you do it too late, you might find out that that wonderful partner and your kids don't get along at all. You want to make this kind of introduction organically intentionally, but without putting too much pressure on anyone involved. Seems kind of impossible. We'll come back to Lauren and how she dealt with this. But first, I want to talk about how my mom and dad did it. And for this, I'll need some help from an expert source, my sister Brett. I wanted to talk a little bit about us meeting our parents' significant others. That face you're making. Christ. Yeah. So... Never, never introduce. Never, never introduce. (laughs) Never do it. Our parents got divorced when Brett and I were 13 and 9, respectively. And then they started dating again at their own pace. Our dad met someone new before the divorce. And he married that woman about a year after signing the paperwork. I remember meeting the woman who would become our stepmother— It happened at a diner, I think in New Jersey. 
the whole thing felt like a done deal. And I remember I was annoyed that my dad wanted my immediate endorsement. Our mom, who was the primary parent, waited a few years to start dating. But when she did, she made up for lost time. She had one long-term boyfriend to whom she was engaged. And then she had another boyfriend. Two. Three. Four. Then she got engaged again when Brett and I were grown up. But that relationship ended too. Brett and I met them all. We weren't fond of these introductions. Or, to be honest, some of the relationships that followed. If you could give a one-word review of the many partners our mother chose to date after her divorce, like one-word summary, what would you say? Schlubs. Yeah, okay. All right, I thought you might go there. You know, it's so funny. Now that I am of an age where friends of mine have kids and they're divorced and they're dating, they're so concerned with the, you know, the well-being of their children. They don't want their children to be upset. Um, They don't want to introduce someone to their children who might not be around, you know, for that long or might not be worthy. And when I think back to mom introducing me to people, I think her concerns would have been different. I think her concerns would have been that she might have been concerned for the new boyfriend because I was scary. You're you're terrifying. I loved every minute of it. My mom was a romantic. She fell deeply in love with a lot of people. And I kind of felt like it was my job to pump the brakes. I remember she dated this one guy, and we went to a game. We went to Fenway Park. It was like me, her, and this guy. And he was older than her. And we were walking back from Fenway Park, and he was like kind of like criticizing the way we were walking, like the path we were walking. And I remember looking at him and thinking, oh, sweetie, it's over for you now. Yeah, damn right. Yeah. So I don't know that mom was like, oh, I'm so worried about Meredith. I think she was like, God, I hope I hope this goes okay. Brett and I were both tough on our mom about her dating choices. She was always trying to find the opposite of our dad. So she'd couple up with these very accomplished, snobby men who really thought they knew a lot. Sometimes they talked down to her. My sister and I hated that. Oh, Meredith, it reminds me of this story where we were on the streets of, like, I think it was near Lincoln Center. We were on the Upper West Side. And I was screaming at mom. It was about, I hate you when I look at you and I hear you and the way that you defer to him and make him order food for you because all of a sudden you're this little girl that can't do it by yourself. Like, the mom, that bad bitch that raised me, has disappeared in the presence of this man. It was like, I, I, for, I want for you to be the strongest, best version of yourself if you're in partnership with someone. It is absolutely about taking care of the parent. Brett and I don't blame our parents for wanting to fall in love again. But we do think they could have done a much better job bringing these new people into our lives. I think that's why Brett and I both have so much respect for my friend Lauren, whose story I want to get into today. From my view, Lauren is so thoughtful about her romantic life and how it affects her kid. She's got one priority, and that is her adorable and funny 10-year-old daughter who calls me Mary, as in Merry Christmas. But Lauren has had some doubts about how she's approached this in the past. Lauren and I got to know each other in college. We weren't super close then, but I always really liked her. After graduation, she gets serious with a guy. We got married. 
And then life is great wedding. Great wedding. Great wedding. So many people have a great wedding. It's a great wedding. The next step feels like it should be kids. But it isn't easy. They try to get pregnant, and it doesn't work. They try fertility treatment and are successful. Lauren is ecstatic. But during the pregnancy, her relationship with her husband becomes strained. She's confused about it. We fought a lot. Um, He was not around much. Shortly after Lauren gives birth, her husband gives her some news. He doesn't want to be married anymore. They start the divorce process. Lauren suddenly finds herself a single parent with primary custody of a very young child. So I will say the very beginning was rocky, and then it wasn't. We figured it out. She never knew any different. Um, and he was an enthusiastic, he was enthusiastic about her. It's never been an issue. He adores this child. He's a wonderful father. I drive the bus, but he is on the bus. Like, we are doing this together. This is when Lauren and I got really close. I'd heard she was single, and then we realized we both liked a television show called The Vampire Diaries. I'd go over to her place, and her daughter, who was barely a toddler, would be asleep, or sometimes wide awake, in her lap. And Lauren would be, like, half engaged with the show, half dozing. A CW show about hot, blood-sucking teenagers was about all she could handle. Her ex had their daughter mostly on Wednesdays and every other weekend. The rare time that Lauren had to herself, she spent organizing her life, or sleeping, or catching up on work. She was in no place to look for a boyfriend. But even in the beginning when it was a Wednesday, I guess, at that, when I think about those first, like, three years, or maybe two years especially, you would not have considered dating. Not really, right? No. It was a lot of couch time (laughs) on a Wednesday. So it's funny you say three years because three years was the point. That's how old she was when I started dating again. Sometimes Lauren and I would talk about dating, and I would give her pep talks. I would tell her that she was super attractive, both in appearance and in personality. I'd remind her that all of my other friends seemed to have crushes on Lauren. I assured her that of everyone I knew, she was the person who was most likely to find a partner. You said to me, because I got divorced and everybody was still getting married, and you said to me, Lauren, we are 10 years away from a great crop of divorce, guys. You just have to hang in there. And we're about 10 years out, right? Yes. Like, where is this? Are you mad at me? (laughs) Where is this harvest I've been promised? It's about three years after Lauren's daughter is born that another one of her friends gives her some tough love. My best friend says to me, okay, you're not dead. Like, you can't give this up and shut this part of your life down. It is time for you to date. I'm telling you now, like, I have no more patience with this. You have to start to date. And I remember feeling a little bit bullied about it and thinking, she doesn't know, right? Like, there was a lot of self-righteous, like, she has no idea how hard my life is. And then I was like, okay, after I calmed down, I'm like, she's right. Lauren decides to try out online dating. She finds some success with eHarmony. She meets a man, a single dad, and after a few months, they're still dating. 
I get to meet him. I remember him being cute. He was wearing a very nice sweater. But Lauren's biggest question isn't when to introduce her boyfriend to me. Obviously, she's much more worried about when he should meet her daughter. So we have a stipulation in our divorce agreement that you cannot introduce a new partner to our daughter before you've been together for six months. This was just like, I think, fairly standard language that our mediator suggested. But I really kind of agreed with. I thought, okay, at that point, I think you would know whether or not is this going somewhere or not. And uh, you don't want to be introducing like a parade of people to your child. For a while, Lauren doesn't mind keeping her dating life and her home life separate. I really liked at the time that it was something that was just for me, that it wasn't a part of this life I had as a mom. Like I was in this relationship and I was just myself and it felt like it was feeding this part of me that had been starved for so long and I wasn't ready to give that up. It felt awesome to go out to dinner and to stay out and to have a couple drinks and like to do the things that couples do before you have kids. But after a while, Lauren feels like she needs to bring these two parts of her life together. She wants to know if this guy is going to get along with her kid. So she has a few people over. He is one of them. Lauren's daughter is not introduced to him as, here, meet my boyfriend. He's just another guest because this is a test run. We were sitting on our back patio. He was in, like, one of the the chairs. I was either sitting or standing across from him, and she was just running circles around the table. I mean, she's three and a half. As one does. (laughs) She's a lot of energy. She was just running around, and he was just kind of like, whoa, this kid's out of control. She's out of hand. And he didn't comfortably interact with her. Did it make you think this is not going to work? Yeah. Like, we didn't break up immediately, but it was definitely like, okay, this is really important information. He doesn't think my kid is the best thing ever, right? Like, he doesn't get how wonderful she is. It turns out the guy beats her to the breakup. He broke up with me in an email. Awesome. I was at work. I picked up the phone, as grown-ups do, and I said did you just break up with me in an email? And there was a lot of stuttering and like, no, 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 we just we need to talk. And I was like, okay. Lauren is single again for a while. She does a little bit of dating. But mostly, she spends her free Wednesdays and every other weekend catching up on work, cleaning the house, seeing friends like me. But then, someone new appears on the scene. Tell me how that starts. He slid into my DMs, Meredith. <laughs> Before that was even a thing. You're right. He did. He might have invented sliding into a DM. (laughs) Yeah. Before the kids were saying it, it happened to me. This guy is a former colleague of Lauren's. They'd known each other years earlier when they were both married. He reaches out by saying that he was thinking about her. And it comes out that they're now both single. He lives a short flight away and travels a lot for his job. Yeah. The next time he was in town, we got together and had a drink. And I actually remember very clearly walking to this bar to meet him and texting you and saying, I think that this is a date. You were like, you have to go in there. And I was like, I don't know that I want. Like, I was not thinking about him at all in that way. Um, and it was it was a date. It was a good date. 
it was a great date. We stayed for hours. We talked. I was like, I have a lot in common with this person. He he was very vocal about his admiration for the fact that, like, I was doing this mostly on my own. And I felt seen. We'll be right back after this break. Okay, we're back. Lauren and this guy continue to date. He visits a lot, and she flies to see him on the weekends that her ex-husband has their daughter. I get to meet him, and I instantly think, this could be it. I could totally see this guy joining Lauren's family. Lauren decides it's time to talk to her daughter about this relationship. Like, at that point in my head, I was all in for this. I had made this decision that here was this person, there was a future to be had, however long, with this person, So I remember saying to her, this is my boyfriend. And what that means is it's a little bit more than a friend. I want you to meet this person. And here's all the fun things we're going to do this weekend. And this person's going to be with us. And stay over. And he's going to stay over because he doesn't live here. And he's going to stay at our house. And I remember she said, where is he going to stay? He's not sleeping on the couch. I said, he's going to stay in my room because he's a grown-up and grown-ups stay in this room and you're a kid and you stay in your room. And was she like, cool? To her, it's just like, oh, okay. Lauren figures they should start simple. So they go to a local playground. She just wanted to play. And she thought it was so cool that he was very tall and he would put her on his shoulders and she could reach things. I remember thinking it was different than the previous time I had done it. It was such a relief. Like, my instincts about this person are correct. He gets how great she is. He got her. He didn't think she was wild and out of control, and he thought she was really funny. The man starts to figure into Lauren's routine with her daughter. There's more cause for discussion. You know, so kids are funny, right? They won't ask all the questions immediately, but they kind of trickle out slowly. And I do remember at one point, she asked me if we were going to get married. Because that's what she thinks boyfriends and girlfriends do. Lauren tells her daughter there's been no talk of marriage. But she does know they're getting serious. She and her daughter have both visited the guy where he lives. And Lauren's already met his kids, who are older. I was very happy. I felt like we were very connected. And then... About two years into their relationship, the guy shows up at her door unexpectedly. We had plans to meet up like the following weekend somewhere. And he very abruptly texts and says, I just landed. I'm coming. I didn't expect him. I, you know, and he shows up at the door and he says, like, I don't think I can do this. No, no warning, like no lead up to this. No. In the time that he sent the text and landed till the time he got to my house, which was maybe 20 minutes, I knew, like, my brain processed what was happening. And he showed up and he stood there and I opened the door and he just looked at me and he's like, I don't, and I was like, get out, go. I can't, like, 
I don't ever want to talk to you again. And he's like, we have to talk about this. I Like, you have to let me in. We have to talk about this. So they talk, she says. He's not sure about a life with Lauren. He doesn't know if he wants to move. He doesn't know what he wants, really. We had one of those, like, stay up all night crying kind of things where we got to a place where, okay, maybe we're being too hasty. And I had said to him all along throughout our relationship, just don't blindside me. Like, that is the the thing that happened with my marriage. This is what I ask of you. Good, bad, or whatever. I want to know. You can talk to me about it, and I want to feel like I'm part of the process. They agree to figure it out, not to break up. Then the holidays start. He celebrated Christmas with us. And we had plans to meet up for New Year's. And he called me the he left after the Christmas holiday and he called me the next day and he said, I can't do this anymore. And what did you think then? I was so angry. I was so angry. I just thought to myself, like, you were you were just here. You behaved as though we were a family. We celebrated this holiday together with my child, which, you know, to a a six or seven year old child, Christmas is a big deal. Like she's old enough to remember. And how could you give me no indication? Like I just, I, I I was so angry. When you're a single parent, you can't do what I do after a breakup. You can't just sit around and be miserable and eat six boxes of Frosted Flakes. You still have to function because you have a kid who needs you. Lauren also had to share the news about this breakup to her daughter, who had really gotten to know this guy. She obviously saw that I was upset. Um, And so I said to her, you know, we've decided that we're not going to be boyfriend and girlfriend anymore. Um, And I'm sad about that. Do you think, what was her response? She asked if she would ever see him again. And I said, no, probably not. And she asked if she would see, like, his one niece that she knew that was close to her age and she kind of had become a little bit friendly with. And she said, will I ever see her again? And I said, you never know, but probably not right now. Like, we're not, that's not something that's going to happen in the immediate future. Um, And I, I said, it's, I'm sad. Like, it's okay to be sad. So you could say, like, oh, is there some value in this is an emotional life lesson that she's learning? Um, I don't know. But I did, I I was very clear with her that I I felt sad about this. It was okay to feel sad, and I was probably going to feel sad for a little while. In the year after the breakup, I watched Lauren do a lot of second-guessing. She was really hard on herself. She wondered if she made a mistake by introducing this man to her daughter. She also wondered whether it would have been better for her daughter if he had said a real goodbye. But I told her, and I still tell her, that I was never that sad about my mom's breakups, even in the rare circumstances that I liked the guy. I mean, she was the most important thing. All I really needed to know was that she would recover and that she and I were still a unit. Seeing my mom hurt was what hurt me, 
But it was also an experience that taught me empathy. And, you know, that adults are human, too. It's now been a few years, and I found out that Lauren's daughter was very excited to know her mom was going to speak on an important podcast. So she's a big fan, as much as she can be. And I said, you know, I'm going to go talk to Meredith and be on her podcast. And Mary, (laughs) I'm going to talk to Mary. Um, But she said, what are you going to talk about? She's way into it. And I said, well, this is, you know, the theme is how do you know? And I'm going to talk about being a mom and dating. And how do you know when it's the right time to bring your kids in, to introduce your kids? She's like, what? (laughs) And she said, she's like, what what are you going to talk about? And I said, well, I'm going to talk about this relationship. And and I said, how do you, you know, we've never really actually, we haven't talked about that in a while. And she was like, oh, yeah, that guy. Like, I, I think, you know, it's been some time. It's been a couple of years now. Time is a funny thing with kids, right? To me, that feels not in the so distant past, but to her, it was like, oh my God, I was a baby when that happened, right? Like she, you know, and she's moved on. Lauren's story taught me a lot about the stakes involved in bringing a romantic partner into your life when you have kids. And as a child of divorce, I have my own opinions, clearly. But I wanted to ask an expert about how this kind of conversation is supposed to go down. Joni Geltman is the author of A Survival Guide to Parenting Teens, She gives a lot of talks to parents about how to communicate with their kids, about everything. She's also another friend of mine. How do you know when you should introduce a child to a significant other? Slowly would be my first first comment. Well, the first thing is, is understanding whether or not your child has dealt with the separation or the divorce. That they're, um, they've been talking about it. They are sort of done with any anger that you might sense. And so uh, part of it is just as a parent using your gut instinct to say, you know, they seem normal-ish. They're going to school. They're not having crying jags. They're going to sleep on time. The attitude is, if it's a teenager, is now normal as opposed to heightened, you know, by another level. So first, it's just an acknowledgement of where my kid is in the process. And sometimes the kid's process is not the same as the parent process. What do you mean by that? Well, if, if it's been a divorce, maybe you're the parent that couldn't wait to get out and you've met somebody and you're so excited that your life is finally what you want it to be and you have this new person and you're excited to introduce your children to this new person, but uh, your children are not in the same place that you are. Is there a way to introduce somebody into your life to see how they act with your kids, to see how your kids might like them before it's a big announcement of you are meeting and it's important? I think it's having a, a situation that has that is not loaded So if you invite a one, you know, the person over to have dinner with you and your child, that feels like a loaded situation for everybody. Uncomfortable for the person and uncomfortable for your child. I think a lot of it has to do with expectations. It's not a time thing. It's more a the person who's introducing has to feel comfortable in their readiness to be open to whatever the experience is. Joni says that if parents are unsure about how their kids feel about their dating lives, they should ask. 
even if it's hard. Oftentimes in my work with parents, I'll say, well, you know, how is your kid doing with the separation of the divorce? And they go, oh, he's fine or she's fine. And I go, well, how do you know that? <laughs> and uh, they will say, well, they don't talk about it anymore. And that to me is the red flag. <laughs> that is absolutely a red flag because you need to constantly, how are you doing this? You know, gee, you haven't talked at all lately about X, Y, Z and your dad or, you know, I noticed you're spending more time in your room. Are you feeling sad? So a parent is not a therapist, but they do have to have an awareness of what their child is feeling, and they'll know that through what they're seeing. Joni's point here makes me think of the way Lauren talked to her daughter about how it was okay to be sad. She continued to answer questions and to check in long after the breakup was over. And I wondered what advice Lauren would give to other single parents in this situation. Well, first, I would I would say um, take your time. I, I I don't know that there are many instances where there's a reason to rush that. And now I have more divorced friends. I've seen more people have to navigate this. You know, I think a lot of it obviously depends on how old your kids are. But um, I think especially for kids with change, more time to adjust is always a good thing. And more time for you to enjoy this relationship outside of your kids. So I, that would be my first probably piece of advice is just not to rush it along. I'm going to completely contradict everything I just said by saying you can't know, right? You just can't know. And you you just have to trust your instincts. Knowing what I know now, going thinking back, would it have stopped me from introducing them? No. Okay. It ended horribly. I really wish it had ended better, but it doesn't change the fact that we did have a really nice relationship. And it was, I think, a positive experience for her. As painful as it was for me after, it doesn't negate. uh, We had a really good couple of years that were really fun. And, And he was good to her. So... Yeah, this has been a little bit therapeutic for me. I think I just processed some stuff. I've processed a bit myself. I've realized that introductions to new partners are just one part of this process. Throughout her relationship, Lauren made it clear to her daughter, over and over, that no matter what happened, she came first, that they were a unit. And when the relationship didn't work out, Lauren showed resilience. I know her daughter saw that too. I'm confident that Lauren's ex is not the last significant other her daughter will meet, because at some point, Lauren is going to find a lovely partner. I mean, I did promise her a harvest of divorced men. The harvest is coming. <laughs> Any minute now. There's going to be like... All the divorced men, they're like... A plethora of men coming out of the cornfield. They're like, I'm 43. <laughs> I've got a nice jaw. I'm divorced. And now I'm ready. I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to date some women. <laughs> Any second now. 
I'm going to go sit outside and wait for it. <laughs> Should I even tell her the way that I feel? The way she looks at me so tender with a smile that is real. Love Letters is a production of the Boston Globe and PRX. Our senior producer is Amy Padula. Our executive producer is Scott Hellman. Ned Porter does our audio mixing, sound design, and mastering. Devin Smith is our audience engagement manager. Special thanks to Brian McGrory and Linda Henry. Our music is from APM. How did you know something in your relationship? Are you struggling with this question right now? Do you have a love problem? Any love problem? Email the team at loveletters at boston.com. Or find us on Twitter at Love Letters Blog. And if you like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Learn more at loveletters.show. And remember, if you're going to date my friend Lauren, I have to approve of you. And I guess her daughter does too. I'm Meredith Goldstein. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 